Hello, and welcome to An Aromatic Life. Today, I've got a really great episode for you because we're going to elevate smell and taste even more. You know, I'm all about that on this podcast, and my guests today are bringing in the reinforcements, which I'm so grateful for. You know, if you think about it, there are a lot of different organizations and groups involved in smell and taste. There are the patient advocacy groups like Absent, Fifth Sense, and Stana. There are the many scientists and researchers around the world working on better understanding smell and taste, including Monell here in the U.S. But we also have the perfume industry and the culinary and beverage industries. We have people working on smell and AI, those doing scent marketing, all of them working with smell and taste every day. Well, what if we could put all of those groups together under one roof? And what if we could have a party and celebrate smell and taste together? all of us, on a very special day, September 14th. Yep, September 14th is officially World Taste and Smell Day, a day of appreciation of our essential senses of taste and smell. My guests today are going to talk about their nonprofit, the World Taste and Smell Association, and how you can join the party to elevate these beautiful and highly underappreciated senses. Let me introduce you to my guests. Stephanie Foyer is a co-founder of the World Taste and Smell Association and is currently executive director. She is a writer and marketing executive. Her work has appeared in the New York Times, the Daily News, the Boston Herald, and numerous other outlets and anthologies. She is also the author of Drawing Amanda, which is a novel for young adults. Mindy Yang is also a co-founder of the World Taste and Smell Association and is currently the chief engagement officer. She's a celebrated sensory expert, flavor hacker, olfactory artist, and fragrance designer and crafts human-centric innovative experiences that captivate audiences for world-class clients that include Chanel, Dior, Toyota, Marriott, and more. She's also the founder and CEO of Perfumery, and serves as the technical designer and producer for Avro Co. Amenities and Silverbrook Manor, a Hudson Valley regenerative farm. These ladies are doing some fantastic work, and I can't wait for you to hear more about their organization focused on taste and smell. So let's get started. Enjoy my conversation with Stephanie Foyer and Mindy Yang. This is An Aromatic Life, the podcast that aims to shed light on our beautiful sense of smell and increase its profile in a culture dominated by sight and sound. My name is Frau Kagalia. I'm a certified aromatherapist and smell coach who spent over 20 years in and around the fragrance industry. What I know for sure after all these years is that our sense of smell is powerful, yet is so underappreciated. There's so much we can do to harness our sense of smell to be well. So join me as I explore this mesmerizing sense from all different angles and learn what it can do for you. Enjoy the show. All right, I want to welcome you to An Aromatic Life. Mindy and Stephanie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for thank having you. me. Yeah, so excited to talk to you about this wonderful organization that you've founded. I want to get into the nitty gritty of what it all means the activities you have that are going on and what you hope to do with the organization moving forward. But before we do that, I always like to start with a question I like to ask my guests 
And that is, what does the sense of smell mean to you? Well, this is a really complicated question for me because it's the sense of smell holds a profound significance for me, both as a scent designer, olfactory artist, and just as a human being. Um, I believe the sense of smell transcends time, space. It's beyond the realms of perception and it's underappreciated. And I think we all agree on this um, sad fact. Yes. So as an art artist, well, factory artist and scent designer, the sense of smell is my creative palette. It's a tool that I use to express ideas, stories, translate emotions. It's also a gateway in my, you know, in my experience, it's a gateway to a, a new universe of experiences and memories. It can be the future, it can be the past, it can be provocative. Um, and so it's a multi-dimensional aspect of our assist existence and um and kind of a vehicle to help me enrich my life. So, you know, as an example, whenever I am when I am a little down, there are certain fragrances I always have on hand that I can instantly smell and it would just make me happy. And so I think it's, you know, this is something that we can all, I love that you have this new vehicle to help people train their nose, because I think the more you smell, the more you would be um, yes. appreciate um, how it can enrich our lives. And for all of those people out there that that may have a compromised sense of smell or are just kind of new to this new world, we welcome, you know, um, any way to improve the experience so that we can have a more pleasurable and enriched life. Oh, that's wonderful. I couldn't agree more. Everything you said makes sense to me. <laughs> how about you, Stephanie? Well, for me, it's a really loaded question because I suffer from smell loss and dysfunction. So, and and had been kind of a super smeller in in my previous life. So it's it's hard. But rather than dwelling on the negative, I find that when I can smell something properly, it's a source of almost ecstasy and a reminder of that you know real primal sense and just how human we all are. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, let's let's talk about that for a minute because people might not be aware that you lost your sense of smell, correct? In twenty, in the summer of twenty seventeen, my my mother had um, had a fall and was hospitalized, and I picked up a terrible germ, which was a, a virus similar to what people went through with COVID, with uh -huh. you know the all the respiratory symptoms, I lost my sense of taste and smell and was completely freaked out. And it was very hard to find information um, at the time. I believe um, it. Yeah. But nope. having been trained as a journalist, I um, knew how to research everything and uh, just, you know, came upon some information about smell training um, and extended it to my taste loss as well. So I refused to eat anything that I hadn't eaten before and wow. really in, in as much as possible in the same setting that I had eaten it previously so that I could remember. And because I'm a creative person, I think that really helped that I was able to call on my memories and with smell training, which I know that you are very familiar with, with the, with the smell gym and some of the work that you do with fifth sense with my smell training, I made sure that before I would sniff, for example, lemon, I would think of 
a moment at the beach with my friends when we had sun in in our head. Oh, I remember that. that lemon, <laughs> you know, that lemon smell so that it wasn't just, oh, here's, you know, I'm trying to detect a lemon essential oil. It was here. I'm trying to create a whole memory because smell is wired into your memory because of the way smell is processed. It's processed different than your other senses. It goes directly into your amygdala, your hippocampus, and, you know, the areas that are connected to mood and emotion. Absolutely. I love that that you do this. And I think it's a it's a great um, tip for anybody out there who's lost their sense of smell or who knows somebody who's lost their sense of smell to not just think of it as smell training. You know, there's, that's one thing to do, but just to kind of I remind um, my smell trainers to kind of see if you can still think like a smeller because it's a lot of sense of smell is about That's the brain, right? And just to say, you know, yes, currently you not you are somebody who cannot smell, but at one point you were a smeller. So what you're doing is exactly that. You're kind of immersing yourself in that same attitudes, behaviors, and and your brain is, although it's not connecting physically with the odor molecules and processing the smells at the moment, the fact that you're going through the motions is another way for the brain to kind of practice, uh, yes, this is what smelling is like, right? Brain plasticity is is just amazing. And yeah. I found just to, to add another another tip in case anybody is, is yeah. going through this, um, that for me, um, smell training after exercising really help tremendously, particularly strength training, because you're using, you know, your neurons are firing in a, in a very particular way. Um, and it did enable me to take in more of that, you know, connective information. Interesting. Interesting. Good. I guess, Mindy, I, let me ask you that then you, you're obviously very active with engaging with your sense of smell right now, but also your journey, have you always been connected to your sense of smell or is this something that's kind of came later in life? I'm just curious how, how your journey of your sense of smell was. Yeah, I, have, I think I am one of those super tasters and super smellers. I was born with it in a way. And um, in my early 20s, I started to, uh, I, I'm actually a Reiki master. I, I got into holistic alternative healing. Um, and as a part of working with energy and that part of the training, very different than the science part of my life, um, mm -hmm. I also learned aromatherapy. So like you, I'm a certified trained aromatherapist, and it kind of really heightened my, um, my basically, I was more attuned to yeah. how different ingredients and really chemical like molecules within ingredients can, you know, immediately alleviate stress or you know even pain and help with focus you know so all the all the aromatherapy training really helps me understand and and kind of pulled me into the rabbit hole for lack of better <laughs> word so, a yeah, good rabbit hole I, a good rabbit yeah, hole and I got really into naturals and blending and kind of doing more you know um blends of my own from a natural perspective, but in my thirties, I started working with also, you know, the, the world of chemical labs and we got into very exciting projects are a lot more technical, functional and perform performance driven. And I work with 
both natural and synthetic molecules and started to understand how the combination can really make a formula sing and how it yeah. is so similar to art and, you know, working with color and light and sound. And so it became, you know, it became something that was a challenge in the beginning because it's invisible. So it's probably the hardest, mm -hmm. but then I learned that I think I'm a modern alchemist of sort. I, I'm really good with working with liquids and things that are invisible. I'm horrible with working with tangible spatial things. Oh. So, you know, yeah. So, so for some reason, this is just very intuitive to me. And, and now, now I spend most of my time, you know, creating products and ar aromatic infusions and applications yeah. for clients. And it's, uh, it's really, really fun. Do you find in your everyday life, I mean, you're like me, you've always been, it sounds like you've been immersed with people who are very connected to their sense of smell, mm -hmm. but let's be real. I mean, you created, we're going to talk about the organization in a minute. Most people don't think about their sense of smell enough, right? Yes. So when you go outside of your, your bubble, so to speak, what, yeah. what do you find people are focused on most? I mean, or, or why do you think people aren't focused on their sense of smell? I'm just curious what you think is the reason for that what what does your gut tell you I know there's no science but yeah I I think I think most people take their sense of smell for granted even you know it's the invisible force that kind of communicates safety even and attraction yeah. and um and desire or something that you know compels you because you smelled cookies and you must go a little closer right you have you have um people are for some reason, especially in the Western world, I believe that we lack the vernacular to properly communicate where we're smelling. And because we are not taught as babies to, to really share our feelings around what does this smell like? We always say, do you like, what, is this delicious? Do you want, you know, is this too salty? Do you, yeah. you know, we, we communicate about taste. We communicate, I mean, visually, I think we're, we're very visual people and of course, auditory. So it's always sound and sight with I think sight first mm -hmm. um even you know my incubator I own a fragrance and well brand incubator with a lot of fragrance as um as the media um you know the retail world in in helping my retail brands scale you know within the world world of perfumery it's very difficult for a, an, a fragrance maker to sell their most exquisite scent without the beautiful packaging. And oftentimes it's the outer packaging and shelf, yeah. appeal, which is driven by color, typography, texture, all kinds of stuff. So I think we're just, we were never, we have, we have not had enough, um, provocative conversation and like deep, we have not done enough research and and gather to have deep dive explorations around the this intersection and yes. you know and I that's why I'm focusing on it because I believe that there is a void that is worth exploring and you know I think I'm more brave with you know how to describe what they like even if they're using food words you know meaning sweet is is a, also an aromatic word right it's also a word that can describe sense but does it how does it really so yeah. I this is you know we need to be more intuitive in how we describe um fragrances and we need 
way to encourage people to have more dialogues around this, which is, again, why I think what you're doing is also so important. <sighs> Thank you. I think there's a scientific reason, too, which yeah. is, you know, smell is the most primal sense, and it's designed to function under the radar, really, um, the way it's different from our other senses in, in the way our brain perceives it. Um, that makes it different and it's not connected to our verbal area. So it's harder to express as well. Yeah. I also want to add one more point, Stephanie, that was such a, an important point. And so just to layer one last thing to it, how we describe and experience the sense of smell is biology and biography, right? So part of that mm -hmm. is biology, um, which means is your experience, which means that it can be cultural or personal and the biography, I'm sorry, the, that's a biography and the biology is, the biology is how we are wired. And some of us may have better wiring than others and or have earlier wiring than others. So, and you know, and that, that could be a neural thing. So it's an exciting space. And I think, you know, the more we have um, smart people gathering and working and talking about this, working on this, this, this landscape will become even more rich and dynamic. Yeah, I agree. I think unfortunately, or fortunately, COVID did elevate sense of smell for, for better or for worse. But um, if anything, we're even getting more research now. Okay, it's a lot of it is COVID based. And many people like you, Stephanie, who lost their sense of smell before COVID, you know, it's, it's, but if anything, I feel like it's changed a little bit. Although, Again, now we're kind of past COVID a little bit, so <laughs> we're moving on again. So we need to bring the conversation back to our sense of smell. We need to keep reinforcing how important this this sense is and and what it can do for us. And and for those who aren't able to access their sense of smell right now, how we can support them. All of that is really important. Absolutely. So let's get into talking about your wonderful organization, the World Taste and Smell Association. Let's talk about that. So Can you mentioned um, COVID and science, and that's that's really some of our or origin, um, because um, I was part of the Global Consortium of Chemosensory Researchers, because I had written about my smell laws. So early on, really early on, like uh, in that early February when uh, people had gone to the Milan fashion shows and, and were coming back to the U.S. with this like crazy thing, I started getting an onslaught of hits on my website and emails um, about, oh my God, what do I do? What is this smell training? And Chrissy Kelly from Absent um, was getting the same kind of influx into the, the Facebook groups and um, the researchers from Monell as well. Mm -hmm. um, so this global consortium started. Yes. Um, and then they started, as you mentioned, doing a you know a variety of research specifically into smell loss and COVID, which was amazing. Yes. During that period of time, one of the Chinese ENTs, Xinjiao uh, Chen, said, "How come there's not?" a world, uh, a day devoted to smell. Um, there's, you know, kidney day and mother's day and why not? And Jennifer Trackman from um, the Monell Center took it on as, as a project to, to convene a group of people 
um, both from the GCCR and then um, people like Mindy who have broad industry contact and experience and other innovators as well um, to create a founding group. And then we have evolved into creating this World Taste and Smell Day on September 14th as a day where we want to elevate the awareness of the importance of our senses of smell and taste um, and support all the people who are working in the area, innovators and, and the scientists, and really also the people who are suffering from taste differences. It's not just viral. I mean, people who are going through chemo um, treatment Bad. lose their taste. There, there are congenital reasons why people don't taste or um, developmental reasons. I've, I've done a, a number of things that relate to Alzheimer's and yes. uh, dementia and, and smell loss and Parkinson's as well as one of one of the areas. And people even who have um, rhinositis and allergies experience um, smell and taste loss. So we really want to support all these people and bring them together and be kind of an umbrella group um, that just elevates the importance of, of taste and smell. Wonderful. So you decided to found the organization because you felt there wasn't something like that out there, right? Yes, exactly. Coming from a different perspective, right? And um, I've noticed we, we do have International Fragrance Day, for instance. We also, but those those events and days are very focused around commercialism. It's about selling yes. and talking about new brands and trends and, and you know, helping companies sell more. So one of the things that I I have realized as you know I'm working with all the scientists and Stephanie is a wealth of information and kind of like the conduit and liaison between all of those amazing researchers happening, we realize that there are a lot of patient organization support groups. There are many, many people in the trade world that never really declare themselves to have any kind of compromise sense of smell, even during COVID, because it's kind of detrimental to your career if all of a sudden a perfumer comes out and say, um, I can't smell or an yes. evaluate, right? So, and in for, you know, I, I work in the intersection of hospitality and, and fragrance and to food, um, food, wine, and also not, and perfume and beauty and all this other stuff. So, you know, it's actually a huge fear that nobody gets to talk about. So we feel like there's an important, um, safe place that needs to get established where we can serve as like the gathering place but also the bridge and also just just um a place where everybody can come out and start to have this conversation together so that they can kind of continue on the adventure and kind of choose their own adventure too um one of the staggering stats that i have uh, that i came across recently is that there was a research back in 2018 by the university of pennsylvania um, they did a survey and they found that one in eight Americans over the age of 40 have some degrees of smell dysfunction. And this number increases to one in three when you um, get to be 65 years old or older, because there is kind of a, you know, degree, you're, you're basically your, your body start to kind of it's natural. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah. So, so there, you know, so there are all kinds of amazing things happening, but how would the science get to the people? And then there's also this <laughs> hindrance where, you know, how would someone even come out and be able to say, hey, I don't know if I'm smelling correctly. If, 
the only way for them to declare themselves is to participate in a survey or some kind of clinical trial. So we feel that there's an important um, you know, gap that we must bridge together. And that's why we have formed to kind of explore the space and hopefully support innovation and celebrate and and basically you know help serve as a as also um kind of an ally to all the advocacy groups and scientists and researchers out there i love that and i think it's that much richer because you're bringing in everyone i mean i know i'm a big advocate for anosmia awareness day which is in february but that's very specific to anosmia right and this is about everyone really coming together, if I'm not mistaken. So your audience is really everybody and anybody who's interested in this, who feels perhaps they're not being seen or noticed and, and yeah. it feels like they need a safe space to express their relationship with smell and taste. Exactly. We're looking to, we really, it's really important for us to, to underscore inclusivity mm. and, and also foster empathy. Yes, because we all have we we all smell differently. There's yes. a spectrum, even in you know in the group that is experiencing quote unquote loss. There's a spectrum. Some people can smell coffee, for instance. Some people cannot at all. Yes. So you know, and how do they support each other when you just keep putting everyone into buckets, right? So we are trying to unpack that and just to have you know, a safe place where people can meet each other, gather and kind of, you know, and at least have some free resources and and have this ability for people also within our industry to be able to, you know, gather for support and or to really help us generate awareness around the importance of taste and smell under one umbrella. You know, in, in terms of, um, you know, how we work with smell loss and people who mm. are experiencing that is very important to me because quite honestly, a fifth sense and absent weren't there. Um, if Monell wasn't there, if um, the University of Florida, um, Steve Munger and, and um, Zara Patel out in yes. San Diego, I mean, <laughs> if all no, no. these people yeah. Yeah. Were, were not um, doing what they're doing, I would have been just lost because yeah. the research that I uncovered early on were these studies that said, you know, you smell loss is a, an indicator of early death and you've got five years. And there's, you know, there, there are reasons for that because smell is a sentinel. And once you've lost that, it means that your body is undergoing decay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that all people who lose their sense of smell. And fortunately, I was able to read a study properly, but still that fear remained. And until I was able to connect with other people like me um, mm -hmm. in these groups, it, 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 you know, I wasn't able to let that fear dissipate. And then when I had distortions, um, I suffered from both Perosmia, and then I I have phantosmia, which is even you know mm. less common. So people think that you're nuts. Uh, right. And if it wasn't for these groups um, that provide support, um, I don't know where I'd be. So we really do want to elevate what they're doing, but we're not we're not looking to duplicate it because they're so good at what they do. And we want to help amplify their reach. Yes. Just to add that because, you know, in my conversations with just gen the general 
you know, public and buyers and retailers and even, you know, creators of brands and people that work in hospitality, many of them kind of almost confess that they have suffered from smell loss, but it was impossible. They, they've never heard of the word anosmia. Right. Certainly none of the other words. I mean, I have never worked, uh, learned about any of those other words until after I <laughs> spent time with the, the scientists over at Monell and also, you know, with Stephanie. Um, you know, there's a lot of education. There's a huge gap. And yes. it, I think it's important for them for everyone to be able to have this access so we can amplify that there are vehicles and supports out there. And we want to say, you know, it's okay. It's safe. Come and, you know, you can also support each other. Yes. Yes. So good. So good. Um, so September 14th is the flagship day, so to speak, yes. and um, celebrate taste and smell. So what, happens on that day specifically what, what do you have planned for that day specifically well we have we're, we're working with a variety of different groups and organizations um to do everything from um events and activities targeted towards people who are suffering from smell loss this for the third year um uh, a medical facility in china will be having kind of an open house for for patients um and there are a couple mm -hmm. of other groups and organizations who will be doing that um to help support patient activities we're working with retailers to have special events um restaurant tours um there's the pale shadow cocktail that we um, have worked <laughs> with um which is a scentless cocktail um fascinating that gives you the idea of what it would be like if you don't have a sense of taste and smell um yeah, and, and then there's a I just want to give um, that that is a recipe by Dr. Kevin Peterson, who's a perfumer of Sukmato um, fragrance out in Detroit. He also has um, a cocktail, like he has a bar called Castellia Cocktails. And so this is his recipe and uh, it's been a huge hit because it helps us really understand what that experience is like. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Wish we could and all so taste it. it. <laughs> I think so I share this recipe, so I think we should put it on social media so everyone can. Oh, good! I share it with you. <laughs> that would be perfect. I I want to I want to try it. It'll be up on our website, which is tasteandsmell.world. Um, yeah. We're also going to have information about how people who may not be able to go to a particular retail location or museum or sign on to a webcast, how people can just celebrate their own sense of taste and smell with everything from just a walk that brings you awareness about what you're experiencing to the jelly bean test, which I think you're, you're yes. pretty familiar with, where <laughs> you hold your nose and you can tell that um, without a sense of smell, you're not really able to distinguish um, the different color jelly beans. And there are a number of other kind of fun activities to identify whether or not you have the genetic ability to taste, for example, cilantro, um, whether it tastes soapy or delicious. Um, so we'll have a list of those kinds of things as well for people to just celebrate taste and smell. Um, again, on our website, there'll be a whole, it'll be a robust offering of things that people could do on the day. 
And we'll put that in the show notes as well, the link, so people can check it out through there. But besides that day on September 14th every year, um, this year you're also doing things beyond that, right? At different times of the year, you mentioned a few of those things. Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting is the hashtag delicious for all culinary challenge. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So <laughs> we we have actually some new additions to our board this year and also advisors that are just um, kind of really taking, raising the bar, if you will, and taking mm -hmm. everything the next level and um you know prior to this year we we were really focused on smell and you know and we were always we're fortunate to get people that are in the hospitality industry involved but we we thought that actually flavor not just taste and smell but flavor and you know taste may be actually the the easier um, entree into what we're doing because it's a lot more, again, if we're going for inclusivity, is a lot more universal. And it's really important for us to heighten the fact that we all experience taste and smell differently. It's personal. Mm -hmm. And so Delicious for All is really, you know, an idea that is meant to be like a unifying event and a challenge that will help us kind of crowdsource a wealth of um, new recipes from a beverage to something savory to something sweet so that everyone can have delicious meals together around the uh, uh, around the holidays starting this year. Should I, I'm just gonna read the premise. Yeah. Sharing a meal with loved ones is one of life's most delightful moments and shared experiences over food around the holidays is something that we also take for granted. So the Delicious Fall Culinary Challenge is, you know, designed to help us crowdsource some recipes around the categories of beverage, savory, and sweet, so that this year, well, starting this year, and forever after, hopefully we will have delicious uh, recipes are delicious for all. And um, against this challenge, there are um, amazing prizes. There's mentorship by very well-known people. And, you know, and we will be publishing formal cookbooks oh, and other nice. assets and also inviting um, very world, well-renowned judges and uh, basically masters of um, people from the culinary space, as well as the fragrance space and design space, and hopefully also celebrities too, to kind of weigh in on, you know, what is delicious for them and why this is, um, why something is deemed delicious, because there are some science behind it. So we're using this as a unifying event to really continue to explore this intersection to also invite more people to kind of come to the party <laughs> and and join in the fun and also hopefully tease out some um, surprising anecdotes and also um, accounts so that everyone can become more empathetic and understand that, um, you know, we, we do take this flavor, taste, smell, you know, this experience very personally and subjectively and and empathy is required for for something to be delicious for all in quotes and unquote I love that so much because we eat every day and 
we could be living with somebody who has a smell dysfunction. We could not be, but we could come across somebody and everything. It, it encourages empathy because you're having an experience together and you're experiencing food in new ways. So I'm so grateful that you're doing that. This is, this is such a great initiative. I love it. Thank you. And we have some amazing board members and steering committee advisors behind it, including Dan, who is the CMO of the Culinary Institute of America. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And also Brad Barnes, who is one of the 66 Crown Certified Master Chefs of America. Wow. So they are the steering committee behind it. This is really all them. Um, and I'm just, Stephanie and I are just we're so excited and we're just so honored to be able to work with them and, and help bring this vision to life. I think it's going to bring smell and taste to the next level. I really do. So wonderful work. Thank you Thank for doing you. it. <laughs> Appreciate your support. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention about the organization itself? Stephanie? Well, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't say that we are um, a 501c3 organization and um, one of our future goals is to be able to provide uh, financial support to different innovators and um, uh, people who are raising the our awareness um, and understanding of taste and smell. So um, not only do donations support our current activities and events, but they will be helping us fund a future um, that is more, more smell and taste forward. Wonderful, wonderful. That actually... It reminds me of something that I wanted to talk about in, and that is just where World Taste and Smell Association fits in with organizations like Fifth Sense and Absent and, and the newly formed STANA, Smell and Taste Association of North America, which mm -hmm. is also vitally important. I mean, I believe the, the circle is just getting wider and wider and as opposed to, we you know, one is not keeping the other one from from growing I, it's just wonderful that there's so many organizations now so how do you see the world taste and smell association kind of fitting in with with these other organizations i think of us as an umbrella mm. um really that you know um is uh, covering or i'm i'm not sure yeah. i could extend that metaphor properly but but um we're not doing the same things as targeted organizations. We're okay. not focused on smell loss. We're not focused on research. We're not focused on um, uh, uh, smell and AI, for example. You know, you, you have a lot of people who are working in the in the future, the mm -hmm. smell future space or the smell marketing space. Um, but what we want to do is be cheerleaders. Maybe that's a better metaphor for all of that good work. I I love that. I love that. And I yeah. and and I think I think another way to think about it is like we're the lobby. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> or the reception. And you know, yeah. and and we do support. So we have raised money to and donated to Absinthe and Stana and so yes. On. So, yeah. So it's, you know, we are absolutely in full support of all the specialty organizations, but we also want to, um, yeah, be a cheerleader for anyone who's also working in the space, including, you know, innovators that may have little gadgets that needs a little bit of funding or seed money and, 
and or projects that just need a little bit of um you know a boost in uh awareness like PR communication so that we yeah. can kind of spotlight news and help also create um little sound bites um of really good science for the people so that more science get out can be more accessible to yes. the public and also you know life um basically live sound and or popular culture media. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's so important. I love that. Um, so how can people who are listening right now, what can they do to support you? I'm assuming, obviously, you mentioned already donating. Are there other ways they can support you? We're very open to collaborating. So on our site, taste and smell, A-N-D, spell.world, um, there's a form where anyone can kind of help us produce an event. It could be a fundraising event or an awareness event or a support group or an education event. Um, I think it's really important for us to have more conversations together. And if, you know, if you guys out there are working on amazing in inventions and or if you have some really important research that you would like for us to help you get out there communicate with us, give us all, you know, give us tips and so that we can kind of continue to be a really good um, gathering place and also resource for everyone that is interested within the taste and smell space. I guess I'll just finish up by asking you, where do you see this organization being in 10 years? I know that's a long way out, but I'm just imagining what could you see or, you know, what wild ideas do you have for this organization in 10 years from now? Well, I think in ten years we're gonna we're gonna hopefully crack one of the big codes on smell and taste, which is how it works. Yes, because we <laughs> don't know. And once we do that, I think that we will be able to elevate the role of smell and taste in completely new ways. I think that you know the the time is coming. You know, the Stana in particular is is working on an initiative towards. Uh, smell testing as yes. um, an important piece of medical, um, uh, regular medical checkups. Smell also is a, a sentinel for so many things. It's a way to detect disease. It's a way to change our mood. I think that in 10 years, we're going to be talking about so many of these future um, applications. In fact, one of our, our uh, events is focused specifically on uh, one of our um, uh, monthly events. It's focused on the future of smell and we'll be, you know, looking at some of those. As an organization, we're pretty much going to be doing the same thing, which is celebrating and elevating and supporting all the people working in these spaces. The ways that we do it may change, but the, the mission is is kind of simple and very solid, which is we we need to understand how important these two senses are to the business of being human. I like that. <laughs> the business of being human. Very good. Very good. Well, I want to thank you both for joining me here today and for talking more about this wonderful organization that I hope everyone checks out that in some way you participate in or or join just so we can make that umbrella, that entrance, that opening, as you mentioned, Mindy, make it as wide as possible. Let's cast that net as wide as possible and, and bring people in. So thank you so much, both of you, for being here today. Thank you for, Thanks having, for us. having us. Thanks for having us.
Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, smellgym.com, where you can take online classes to exercise your sense of smell for health and well-being. And while you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to help you elevate your smell health with everyday items in your home. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.